and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and CMEA markets. It's Tuesday, February 27th and I'm Andrew Ross. Coming up this week, we're going to discuss German nursing home care provider GHD, which surprised the market by outperforming its budget in the fourth quarter, while full-year performance fell short of targets. We will then run through the key highlights from the primary market this week. But first, we're going to delve into Reorg's recent coverage of Egypt's sovereign debt. Reorg's senior team last week launched coverage of Egypt's sovereign debt with a comprehensive article laying out the challenges Cairo is facing to service its massive debt pile while also trying to keep the lights on at home. Joining me to discuss is reporter Katie McMahon. Hi, Katie. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Can you tell us why the team has decided to pick up this story now? Thanks, Andrew. Investors are following Egypt really closely at the moment. It's a priority for many of the EM-focused strategists we've spoken to, and there is a sense that it's going to be one of the biggest stories in sovereign credit for some time to come. Egypt does have a massive sovereign debt stack, as you say. It's the equivalent of around $200 billion dollars. And the government spends as much as two thirds of its total budget on servicing that debt. That means the debt service bill for the last six months of 2023 alone is expected to come to nearly $48 billion. And that is 11.4% of GDP. Now, that's a big bill to pay at the best of times. But it becomes even more difficult when you consider that Cairo has been grappling with an economic crisis since the outbreak, really, of the war in Ukraine back in 2022. So the Egyptian pound has officially lost around half of its value since March 2022 against the dollar. And the black market rate has become untethered from the official rate. So if you take a dollar to the central bank, you're going to get about 31 Egyptian pounds just under. Take it to the black market, you're going to get 51 roughly Egyptian pounds for your dollar today and that number has been as high as 70 Egyptian pounds to the dollar in the black market at times and that currency devaluation has caused a shortage of hard currency in the country and that in turn has really severely curtailed imports. Now the devaluation and the supply squeeze have both helped fuel inflation. Inflation's been running as high as 30% and above And that's led the central bank to hike interest rates all the way up to 22.5%. So you've got dampened growth and you've got a government that's been forced to spend significantly more on both public sector wages and on its social safety net. And the social safety net also includes subsidising bread for more than 70 million of the 100 million plus strong population in Egypt. Given all these different pressures on the budget, is Egypt then in imminent danger of default? Well, while it sounds like Egypt should be on the brink of default, almost every analyst we've heard from says that's probably not happening in the immediate future. One phrase we hear a lot in connection with Egypt is too big to fail. Another is moral hazard trade. And what that really means is that Egypt is seen as too key to wider geopolitical stability in the region to allow it to default. And that's really only become more true since the outbreak of war in neighbouring Gaza last October. In the short term, what we're expecting is for more external funding to come through, whether that's from the IMF, Western countries, regional allies like the UAE and Saudi Arabia to help plug that gap. And we've already seen these players sending cash to Cairo in the form of loans, deposits and investments in recent years. 
Now, investors have been on the edge of their seats for a couple of weeks now, as rumors circulate that the IMF is about to announce that it will be upsizing a $3 billion loan it extended to Egypt in 2022, and it could be bringing that up to as much as $10 billion. And meanwhile, right at the end of last week, we saw the Abu Dhabi Sovereign Wealth Fund, ADQ, sign a $35 billion agreement to develop the Ras al-Hekma area on Egypt's north coast. And that will be a key injection of hard currency in the short term. It does also nod to a wider shift among the Gulf countries towards offering investment over aid for Egypt in the future. And I think we can likely expect more of that kind of Gulf investment in Egypt via the government's privatisation programme in the coming months and years, through which it's trying to raise tens of billions of dollars via the sale of state-owned assets. Egypt's eurobonds have actually staged a recovery since the start of the Gaza war, precisely because investors have been expecting this kind of external funding to come through. So before October, yields were hovering in the 20s. Afterwards, they fell to around 13% and they've come down even further to between 10 and 11% since that $35 billion Ras al-Hikmah announcement. So Egypt is expected to scrape by in the short term with help from outside funding sources. But then what? That's really the key question. And it's because of that uncertainty in the medium term that Egypt's longer dated euro bonds, the ones that are coming due in 2026 and beyond, continue to yield a little more than the shorter dated paper. So we could be looking at a debt restructuring coming into 2025. But people we've spoken to have said that if Egypt does go down the restructuring route, it won't be easy especially given how much of the debt is made up of local bonds. So you're looking at about 80% T-bills and local bonds in the debt stack. And a tough restructuring of those local instruments would come with significant knock-on risks to the local banking and pension systems. Now, most investors, not least the IMF, agree that the first step for Egypt is a real devaluation of the Egyptian pound, one that would aim to close the gap between those official and parallel or black market rates. That should, in theory, boost domestic consumption and exports and attract foreign currency back into the country. But it comes with its own spillover risks, and it will increase the cost of servicing the foreign debt. It's possible that any new money from the IMF is contingent on a further devaluation, So many market watchers we've spoken to are expecting those two things to come in tandem, devaluation and a fresh injection of IMF funds, and they are expecting them to come soon. Thank you, Katie. Joining us now is reporter Farouk Baloch. Hi, Farouk. You wrote a story about the 2023 trading of German nursing home care provider GHD. Could you summarize its performance? Thanks, Andrew. Sure. Uh, Earnings-wise, GHD surprised the market by outperforming its budget by a notable margin in the last quarter of 2023. The company's cash balance has improved, resulting in a reduced leverage while RCO was undrawn. However, they missed both revenue and EBITDA target on a full-year basis and their home care division's weak performance continued, which is a concern because that unit is one of the major drivers of revenue and EBITDA. But other business units perform strongly, led by the wholesale division. Okay, thanks, Farouk. We'll we'll come to those concerns a little later. But first, can you walk us through some of uh, the key performance indicators for the group? Yes, uh, Q4 revenue increased 3% year-over-year to around €143 million, but it was 11% behind budget. 
However, adjusted EBITDA jumped to uh, about 18 million, which was 80% higher than Q4 of 2022 and 33% ahead of budget. Full year revenue total 604 million, which was 3.3% behind budget, but up 3% versus the previous year, mainly driven by growth in the wholesale segment. Uh, and full year adjusted EBITDA came in at 47.3 million which was 5.3% behind budget, but up 9.4% on 2022. GHD's cash improved by about 5 million, taking its cash and cash equivalents to over 32 million. The group finished the year with more than 112 million in liquidity, including a fully undrawn RCF, and it also reduced its leverage by uh, 0.81 times to 6.9 times based on adjusted LTM EBITDA. Thanks. And what are the investors concerned about? Well, the main issue is around the home care division. Investors are concerned about its continued underperformance and slower recovery, and they don't expect its revival to be very strong, which will likely make the turnaround more challenging for the company. Uh, the home care division generated around $43 million in EBITDA, which was $22.4 million below budget uh, last year. Since the loans are not hedged, their interest costs have increased to more than half of their EBITDA, which is also a concern, but they have sufficient liquidity headroom for now. Um, given the RCF is due in February 2026 and the 360 million term loan is due in the August of 2026, it has no near-term maturity. However, people are also looking at auditors in Germany who are now frequently looking at uh, liabilities falling due in the next two years while preparing a going concern statement. Joining us now to discuss the primary market is Leverage Finance reporter Beatrice Mervolian. Hi Beatrice, um, can you take us through what's been happening in the primary market this past week? So um, this week, the Anglo-German travel company TUI is marketing 300 million euros of senior notes for refinancing and debt repayment. Other than that, the primary bond market in Europe remains a bit quiet, even though there is activity in the US. Um, a lot of issuers, they seem to be waiting to see if interest rates are going to, f- or when interest rates are going to fall, because um, before they issue a new bond to refinance their existing debt, because otherwise it means that their their interest costs costs are going to shoot up quite, quite dramatically. Um, car rental company Avis Bud- Budget um, last week priced uh, an upsized um, 600 million um, euro note at 7% um, at par, for debt redemption uh, and um, reorg analysts highlighted concerns about um, normalizing used car prices which are falling from their peak in 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 uh, 2022 uh, last week we also saw um, a dutch vegetable spread manufacturer upfield pricing uh, a couple of term loan b add-ons which were um to uh refinance the remaining stubs of 2025 debt that the company still had outstanding um, after the A&E it completed last summer. Uh, Investors were actually quite impressed with um, Upfield's recent trading update, which seemed to reflect that raw material costs are falling faster than prices are declining. Um, One investor said that he thought EBITDA, before he saw that update, he he expected EBITDA to have declined um, because the company he thought would have to uh, give back previous price increases. 
but um, Upfield managed to post a 13.5 year-over-year normalized EBITDA increase instead. Um, the volume decline also seems to have abated. Um, meanwhile, uh, although there's only one one bond, the TUI bond in in the market, the loan market is more active with loans from Renta, B&B Hotels, Emeria, Barents, Solina, April, and Motorfuel Group all being <clears throat> shown to investors at the moment. Um, most of these are for refinancings and A&Es. Uh, Motorfuel Group is also was also expected to launch a bond, um, which will be part of the, the debt package to support its acquisition of uh, Morrison's petrol station forecourts. Join Reorg's managing editor Julie Meekamp and chief credit correspondent Chiara Elise at the IMN Distressed Investing Forum on February 29th, moderating the panels. The Road to Recovery, Restructuring Roundtable, and NPL Securitization, Which Way Forward? Download Reorg's European Sustainability Links Bonds and Loans Wrap, available on reorg.com forward slash reports, or through the link provided in the podcast description. More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website reorg.com. We hope you can join us next week for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.